Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We trying to behave ourselves on the story? Well, y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little uh, extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. I just keep it. Tell them go sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. It's Friday, and I'm back with a brand new, fresh episode of TGIF. Now, we're spilling the tea and breaking down the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax, and get ready for all this hot tea we're about to spill. Please welcome brand strategist, Al Reynolds. What's up, Al? Uh, what's going on, Claudia? Are we going to be drunk tonight? We never know. <laughs> oh. I am oh. drinking. Um, so I don't think I was... Drunk though. Well, that's debatable. Please welcome multimedia personality and talk show host Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? Are you drinking tonight? What's going on? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm having lemonade right now, but I am going to dinner once the show is over. So I'm pretty sure I have three, five, seven martinis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna save mine. I'm out here in New York. I got to hang out with Demetria McKinney last night. We uh, became friends on Housewives and she's really doing her thing acting so shout out to her and um uh, being in new york you know i don't know we'll see al you remember how i used to be out here man i love new york i gotta hydrate before going out going back up around two tonight yeah all right that's a long night i know i remember i used to leave the house at 1 30 to go out a.m those were the days. All right, y'all. Let's give them what they came for. Let's get into this now. Um, Rihanna's Navy are rejoicing because she and ASAP Rocky uh, welcomed a baby boy into the world on May 13th. The couple have yet to release the name of their son. Uh, Chris Brown was one of the uh, many celebrities who congratulated the couples. Uh, are you guys excited for Rihanna and ASAP Rocky? And how creative do you think they're going to get when it comes to naming their son? Al, what do you think about this? Man, this is super exciting to watch, right? You know, it appears Rihanna Rihanna has it all. She has her career. She has Fenty Savage. She has number one hits. She has a heartthrob boyfriend or fiance. She's almost a billionaire, right? Her net worth is almost a billionaire. My hat goes off and congratulations to Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. I only have two questions. Well, actually one question. Uh, when will she reveal the name? That's number one. Because, you know, Nicki Minaj has been two years and we still haven't gotten a confirmation of what Nicki Minaj's child's name is. We know she calls him Papa Bear. And my second question for Rihanna and ASAP is, I want to know if the baby has Rihanna's eyes. What do you guys think? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one. You know, it, it's it's. Rihanna can do no wrong in my book. Uh, I also read something on social media earlier today that said her baby is now the richest baby in Hollywood. And the baby is worth $1.3 million. I don't know if that's the billion or billion. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Combined network of the, the mom and the dad and that she beat out uh, Kylie and her children. So that's another feat um, that's worth being applauded for Rihanna and ASAP with that rich ass baby. 
Isn't that funny? They already pit, they already ranking the babies. Yes. How <laughs> your baby in Forbes? I mean, belly button ain't even <laughs> fell off yet in, in, in Forbes. And we trying to get approved for little small mortgages. Okay. All right. Well, the president of ABC Entertainment told Deadline that despite the Will Smith and Chris Rock Oscars incident, he thought it was a really successful year for the show. He also said he's open to Rock hosting the show for a second time. Do y'all think Chris Rock deserves a second shot at hosting the Oscars, Al? Hey, look, this is brilliant for ABC, the president of ABC. Um, it was the largest night they've ever had. What was it? Uh, up 60, 70 percent in viewership to 16.9 million viewers. And don't you know, if you have him back, you're going to get probably double that because everybody wants to see and hear and wants to hear his set. They, everybody wants to know what he's going to talk about, what he's going to say. I think it's a very, very smart marketing idea for ABC to put this out there as it could be, in fact, Chris Rock um, hosting. I, I mean, I know my eyes will definitely be set on March 12th. I think it is 2023 is the date that they've announced for the new Academy Awards. Q, what do you think? Chris Rock should most definitely be back. He didn't do anything wrong. Uh, he, he did absolutely nothing wrong. He should have an opportunity to do this thing slap free. Um, and as a matter of fact, they need to keep the whole team. I, you know, I, to be quite honest, I'm less interested in if they're going to have Chris Rock back and more interested on if they're going to have Will Packard back to produce the Grammys because he was a large part of that success that they saw this year in conjunction with Chris and everything else. But Will Packard, in my opinion, is the real MVP. And that's where the conversation needs to be about who will be returning. I think it's funny that this is even a question. Of course he should be back. First of all, he showed the most professional, um, the highest level of professionalism you can ever have asked or dreamed for. Getting assaulted, keeping it together, continuing on with the night. And as far as we all know, hasn't filed a lawsuit. And, uh, you know, he's... He's good to go. Like it, Also, yeah, Claudia, that's very smart, super smart observation. This also could lead to a very, very big cash payday for Chris Rock because we also know that he has not spoken about the slap. Uh, he hasn't given the interview to anyone. So from my point of view as a brand strategist, he should not talk about that slap until he hosts the 2023 and get all that extra money that's going to come to his rate going up for them having to basically put him in that slot and then ride the wave of explaining the slap and how it led to 2023. Because all those ticket sales are going up for his shows and he's really not disclosing, but they, mm -hmm. I did hear he said uh, 3 million is his price to talk about it. I think he deserves it at the very least. I agree. Yep. All right, y'all. In a recent interview with People, uh, Bobby Brown and his wife, Alicia Etheridge Brown, opened up about their journey to love, happiness, and raising three kids. Alicia also told People that she is uh, the yin to Bobby's yang and understands the iconic connection and public relationship Bobby had with Whitney. I don't know if y'all saw on social media, but it's always like, you know, they don't really want to hear much about her. It's always about Bobby and Whitney. Alicia said Bobby and Whitney were their time. I also came from a place. So knowing that he loved hard and came out the other end and somehow we're meant to be and found each other. That's what I like to focus on. Um, what are your thoughts on Alicia pretty much saying she's, you know, that Bobby Whitney's relationship is a thing of the past. And let's talk about me now or us now. Q, what do you think? We don't care about you. Melissa, we don't care about you. Alicia. Alicia, <laughs> Melissa, I see. 
Let me tell you something. When you don't care about these helpers, you don't have no respect for them. You don't even call them by their real name. Uh, Suzanne, we don't oh care God. about you. Okay. And, and, you know, social media was in an uproar because she also made the statement of something along the lines of she wished people would stop basically bringing up the relationship that he had with Whitney. And the thing about it is, number one, we're still mourning Whitney. We still hold Whitney in high regard. They were an iconic duo. I'm sorry. It's unfortunate that your marriage will always be in the shadow of their marriage. That's just what it is. You signed up for that when you signed up for Bobby Brown. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. As his wife, I completely understand her for feeling that way. But she's also got to understand that we, as the fans, have and had a relationship with Bobby and Whitney. And we don't have no relationship with you, Sarah, because we don't even know who you are. Alicia, <laughs> I, I, got some, I, I got some tea on Alicia that might make it a little more interesting. Um, I moved to LA like 20 some years ago and she's the ex-girlfriend of Boris Kojo. And they used to always be dressed alike everywhere all around LA. They were quite an item back in the day. And, you know, they were a beautiful couple, but I used to see them all, to, you know, they were always dressed alike and they were a very cute couple. So does that help make her any more interesting? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with Q on this one. Um, this woman finally got her man. Um, and I guess I'll be honest and talk about it. Uh, she's been with and for him for over 30 years. Remember, she met him in the 80s, right? Let's go down the timeline. She met him in the 80s. In the 90s, allegedly, she was the woman that was there that talked him out of his cold feet to get him married to Whitney. She went, got in the bathroom and told him, get it together. You're gonna, this is your biggest day of your life. And he got it together, came out of the bathroom, we got married. In 2007, she was there uh, when Whitney and Bobby divorced. She div she joined his management team in 2008. She had a baby with him in 2008. Uh, 2012, Whitney died. In 2012, Alicia and Bobby got married. So to me, this is like a story that, that just pulls all your heartstrings. It seems like she was one of those women that was always there for this man that she's always had an eye on. And now she can step out of the shadows of this superstar marriage and have her man. And that's what she got now with three beautiful kids. That sounds good. But at the end of the day, no one, I, I do. Don't nobody care about Bridget. Alicia. <laughs> stop calling her? <laughs> Alicia. Teresa, whatever. Girl, don't nobody care about that woman. She deserves something. She's been there a long time. She deserves a lot. She, de she deserves love, life, happiness, and, and everything that comes along with it. We still don't care about Mildred. Alicia. <laughs> it ain't Whitney. Okay? That's all that matters. It ain't Whitney. All right? But Whitney's, Whitney's, Whitney's past. I mean... Can you he know, move on? can he move on? No, he, you know, he can move on. It's like when you have the big celebrity relationship and then you get with the 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 the, the nine to five or no shades, nine to fivers, but it's just not as interesting and sexy for the fans, for us, for them. I think she's amazing. And listen, that is the definition of ride or die. That woman's right. had her back. We cannot take that away from her. And I think she's a damn good wife and a supportive woman. But there's no comparison to the charisma that we would witness, you know, and the benefit that we had, you know, as, as selfish viewers that, you know, we're here for this show, their, their, their antics, their relationship that Whitney and Bobby will forever be iconic. Remember that reality show they had? 
Al, you talking about Crystal was in the bathroom with him. Alicia. And, tell, and tell him to go out there and marry Whitney. As far as I'm concerned, she had her eyes on Whitney, man, the whole damn time. Oh, borderline <laughs> home wrecker. I damn sure ain't calling her by her real name now, Brenda. Alicia. Cute. You do know that she knew him before Whitney, right? And I'm not. I'm not taking away from Bobby and Whitney's greatness. Yeah, and... she should have married him then. Okay, <laughs> she should have married him then. Don't, don't come up in here now talking all this newfangled big talk. Uh, They've been married for over a decade, boy. That's besides the point. She should just <laughs> stay quiet. We, we don't know you. Stay quiet. Fluff and fold. Make bruffles. Or whatever it is you do over there at Bobby Brown House, and and we don't care, April. So I do have uh, you know questions. what? Go I ahead. Do have this question, Claudia. So for just like like I was asking you last week about you and KJ bringing in, you know, having cameras come into your relationship. This would be her first time, right, with her married to Bobby, letting cameras come into their relationship. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, she executive produced that other movie that people weren't really here for this, that version of the story. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sure she's, listen, you being around that all these years, I think she wants that attention as well. Like, why wouldn't you? Well, mm. I'm curious to see. So we're going to see, and hopefully Bobby Brown will be a guest on one of these shows on Fox. So we're going to have to get him and talk to him about Anastasia. Long as he leaves Charlotte the ass home. <laughs> all right, you know Her name is Alicia. <laughs> Alicia, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more when we come back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF Soulmates. If you're having a good time, we want to get some flames up in the chat. And uh, I haven't mentioned us going over 3,000, but we've been pretty much going over 3,000, like almost pretty much every show. Y'all know that, right? Hey. Uh-huh. I know, because we got a good show. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's get into the topics. Let's get back into it. All right, y'all. Um, hashtag monkeypox is trending on Twitter after reports of a rare outbreak in England, Portugal, and Spain. Now, according to NPR, the outbreak is relatively small with only 36 suspected cases across three countries. So far, reports show eight cases in England and 20 in Portugal. Now, there's one active case in the United States, a man in Massachusetts who recently traveled to Canada. All right, y'all, first was COVID-19, all those variants, and now monkeypox. What are your thoughts on this new virus? Al, what do you think about this and have you heard of it? Oh, absolutely. Um, in 2003, the United States was the second um, country that uh, monkeypox came to. We had 47 cases in 2003 um, that was brought over with this exotic animals that they brought over to do the different zoos in the United States. So I remember monkeypox within that. I think the reason why they're bringing it back up was because monkeypox actually at that time, no one could figure out how it was spreaded. And what we found out now, it's a zoonotic disease and it's uh, respiratory respiratory droplets, which is like a sneeze or saliva or cough, whatever comes from a sneeze or a cough. And that is makes it airborne, which is like COVID-19. So very familiar with it. Um, Thank goodness it's not debilitating like COVID-19 and not not fatal or it can lead to death. So that's so it thing. sounds like basically it spreads like pretty much every other virus, pretty much like in droplets. That's yeah, much like a flu. Yeah, most mm-hmm. things spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just got that, you know, that name that kind of right, because it comes mm-hmm. from it comes from exotic animals. Q, what do you think about this monkeypox? Is it going to keep you in the house? I'm stressed out because, listen, between the war in Ukraine, <laughs> gas prices, inflation, 
COVID, the chicken wing shortage, and the rental increase, <laughs> and the Pentagon just released the page saying that they confirmed 500 UFO sightings. My spirit just can't take on nothing else. I know the Lord said he'll never put more on me than I can bear, but Lord, <laughs> I am nearing that point where I cannot bear no more. My bike is not that strong, <laughs> okay? And so y'all you know, I don't had COVID four times, so obviously I am, I am prone to catching stuff from the general public. I don't need monkey pops on top of all the stress. <laughs> Mama just trying to make rent, okay? <laughs> Q, you know monkeypox affects, uh, or, or what we're reading is that it affects uh, men who have relations with men, so you better slow down on your gentleman calls. You see what I'm saying? Everybody on this call better slow down. <laughs> okay. Hey, you better slow down on your gentleman callers because- Well, it, it, you know, that that's why I keep, <laughs> that's why I keep my same <laughs> three on rotation. Yeah, I just got to find out how many they got on rotation. <laughs> Q, Q, did you ever find out the mystery of who was at your house the other day when you, you woke you up? You know what? Life? I stopped trying to figure out because, <laughs> you know, I was feeling shame. I was feeling the internal shame or mm. whatever. And the more I dug, the more I was coming up empty. And yeah. I was like, why would I keep inflicting this trauma on myself right. when I could just choose to leave this alone? Exactly. It's in it's in the Lord's hands now. You know what I mean? That's that's it. That's it. Okay, moving on. Members of the Albany High School girls track and field team in upstate New York were suspended after starting a petition to wear sports bras rather than shirts during practice. Now, last week, the school district's athletic director, Ashley Chappelle, uh, reportedly asked the girls on the team who were wearing sports bras to leave practice. Now the girls were confused as to why they weren't allowed to wear sports bras because their male counterparts can practice shirtless. According to some of the athletes, Chappelle told them that wearing sports bras would be a distraction and a cover up because male coaches are around. What are your thoughts on this double standard, Al? I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you share more with us, Claudia, because A, you were a track star in um high school. And you know all about this, but this is what I this is what I think. I think every school that I've ever gone to has had a dress code. Um, I feel like I'm going to stand with the African American female athletic director that imposed the suspension, Ashley Chapel, because uh, she did say that the suspension was not because they were wearing sports bra, but because the ladies were being very inappropriate, disrespectful, and vulgar towards her and how they spoke to her at a school event. Now, I do think that Ms. Chapel made a mistake by saying when she approached the ladies in the beginning that you need to cover up because you have male track coaches here. But having dress codes are nothing new in the school district here. Every school has it. The ladies just needed to sit in and kind of try to change this dress code as far as I'm concerned. Q, what do you think about this? Um, you know, I definitely agree with the comment about y'all need to cover up because there are male coaches around. On the flip side of things, I've said this before, and it's unfair. Unfortunately, we do live in a patriarchal society and girls simply can't do what guys do. Doesn't make it right. It's not fair. It's just the world that we live in. It's a set of rules you have to play by. Um, as far as the sports bras are concerned, from just the physical construction of the sports bra, I honestly don't have a problem with it. 
Um, you know, we see girls in bikinis all the time. They even have the Nike. I, I see girls in the gym that work out that have the actual, you know, Nike things with the band on them. I think people probably took exception with the fact that they were actually sports bras and probably regarded them as undergarments. But um, I really don't see a problem with it if, if, if the girls, you know, got the official sportswear that had the little halter or whatever that could be. Hell, it's hot outside. It's hot. Personally, I think this is absolutely ridiculous that the women who have been wearing, who, the, saying sports bra sounds worse than it is. It's really like a, a crop tank top that has support in it for your breasts. And mm-hmm. they are totally um, respectable. They're not skimpy, especially the competitive ones. They have a thick band. It's not about showing a bunch of cleavage. And the fact that the women have to change their dress code in a sport that has been like that for well over four decades, people wearing that is ridiculous because the male coaches, they feel like they may be tempted in some regard. If you're going to be tempted by your high school students or your college students, then perhaps this isn't the right profession for you. If it's going to make you feel some kind of way and sexualize your athletes when you should be coaching them, hey, you can notice things, but they have to change. And and in track and field, the the more um, aerodynamic you are, the better your times are, the faster you are. That's why everything is so tight and fitted. That's why people don't wear the, the baggy shorts anymore. Distance runners wear those. But when you're a sprinter, your success is d- determined by a hundredth of a second. A hundredth of a second, right? Controls like first, second, third. There's, there's races where it's, it's that close. And the fact that they're changing this, this has been around for a long time. Now, if the girls are disrespectful, that's one thing. But changing policy because we're, this, is, this reminds me of, of some of these religions where the women have to cover up because the, for fear of tempting the man. We, once again, we're letting the men off the hook. They can't be checked, but it's the women that got to change their whole thing around. I think it's dumb and I think it's ridiculous. I, I, I would be pissed if I was a parent of those girls that train. It's essential. I don't think they changed anything around. I think they were enforcing it. They, there's a dress code. It's a dress code. There's dress codes in all high schools. Well, let me ask you this. So there's a dress why, code and they broke the dress code. That's the, the, that's the question here. Yeah, so my point is that shouldn't be a dress why code. Why do the guys get to, to break the dress code and the exactly. women don't? That's, that's and that's the point. Is. Once again, it's on the girls. The guys are going around shirtless. It was one thing if they're like, okay, guys got to wear tank tops, right? They right. got their nipples out, but a woman can't wear a sport. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous for the it's reasons unfair. I stated. It's, it's definitely unfair. And, and, and there definitely is an argument to be made that if the guys can take their shirts off, then the girls right. can wear school approved, like you said, with the thick strap, thick yeah. bandage, support halter or tank. Well, I think the best thing in this story is the athletic director did decide to 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 hold a committee to see if they need to revisit the dress code for the ladies, and she invited all of the ladies to participate in that um, in that committee meeting. So hopefully, maybe we'll see. I I personally feel like that there are so many stories where young women are taken advantage of in that setting as high school women from older men and just from the, Hey, the young guys staring at them, look, they're, they look, you've showed a picture again, production. Those are a beautiful set of women. You know, I, I, I feel like I need a dress code there. And if there is not a dress code, then let them all vote on it. Let, let, let it be a collective vote for everybody. And let's not act and like women males should follow the same rules. And let's not act like, young men, young boys in schools aren't getting sexually harassed as well. Like, I just feel like the women are just being, you know, the girls are being, once again, they're getting, they're getting singled out. 
All right, y'all. Good conversation. I guess we will uh, stay up on that one because I think that's I think that's interesting that, you know, I think that's interesting. I really do. Uh, especially since it's been around. Oh, we have a comment. Janelle, uh, Janae says, I'm a high school teacher and I'm extremely protective of my female students. If we lived in a utopia, it would be okay if young girls dress anyway, but we don't. That's true. That's a valid point as well. True. All right. Uh, okay, y'all. Chris Jenner's former bodyguard, Mark Bear, is uh, speaking about his time working for the reality television family, and he doesn't have nice things to say. He's calling them out for being toxic and claims they are fame hungry, the Kardashians. Bear told sources, Chris is addicted to horror. Chris has ruined so many athletes' lives. Look at Lamar Odom. She ruined his life and she nearly destroyed Scott Disick. He continued with, you've got to understand that with this family, that if your fame goes down, they don't have a story. Chris is addicted to fame and the horror stories keep them going. They go after people they use to make them bigger stars. What do you think about his comments, LQ? I mean, listen, he was he was all up in the mix. He he had a front row seat to their antics. I definitely believe, you know, there's a level of truth to it. Now, I will say brother does come off like a disgruntled employee and you always have to kind of take disgruntled employees words with a grain of salt. But what I did find very interesting is that he actually had positive things to say about Kourtney Kardashian. You know, he went on to say, you know, that she's regular. She ain't really like the rest of them sisters. She only comes around when it's time to take pictures. Then she goes on about her business. But the rest of them, that they're hell on wheels. Um, I definitely believe there's some validity to what he was saying. Because like I said, he had a front row seat to all of it. And security guards tend to be like janitorial people in office buildings. They're invisible. You know what I'm saying? Many times people have conversations in front of them because they deem them not important. They're invisible. And ain't no telling what all this man or her witnessed and picked up on. Okay. All right. Al, what do you think? <laughs> you not janitorial. Look, yeah, you... you know, no, you you know they use that <laughs> reference in the workplace. No, not time, janitorial, like... not janitorial. Listen to me. In celebrity people's lives, there are four people that you do not ever want to cross. All right. One is your driver. Your driver hears everything that's going on in your life. They're with you 20 out of 24 hours of your day. Two is security. They see and hear everything about your life, intimate details, stuff that nobody else ever gets to see. Three is your hair and makeup team. You never want to piss them off because they are constantly with you, especially a family like this. They are literally a part of your family. And the fourth is your housekeeper. You never, ever, ever as a celebrity, especially at this level, want these four people to give the media any type of droplets or any type of information or news about your family. The good thing about this case is that he didn't tell us anything that we didn't know, right? I mean, we already know that about the Kardashians and that momager Kim, uh, Chris Jenner, she got the media and these magazines on lock because that whole story was distorted and weird and sound very funky and fell flat. So I'm pretty sure, I hope he got paid because he'll never work in Hollywood again. All right. The leaks keep coming out of the Kardashian camp. I see it's been a lot of that lately. So I, I, I expect many, many more. All right, y'all, quick commercial break. We'll be back with more TGIF when we return. Hey guys, welcome back to TGIF. All right, let's get into this makeup. I love it. They sent me a box and I am all about it. Now, traditionally makeup palettes are typically filled with shadow shades we love. And there's always some shades in there that you don't like, but you, you know, you buy it anyways. Well, let's face it. We've all been guilty of buying an entire palette and swearing that we'll use every color only to use the same shades we always use. No shame. 
We know what makes us feel beautiful. However, those half-used makeup palettes and products can get pretty expensive and add to the growing amount of waste produced by the beauty industry. Billion Dollar Beauty believes you should have the option to purchase just the shades and products you actually use without sacrificing quality or convenience. That's why CEO and founder Natalie Plain designed the completely customizable compact Billion Dollar Box as a sustainable solution to expensive, excessively packaged makeup. The Billion Dollar Box is a palette. The Billion Dollar Box is a portable makeup kit that uses its spill-proof magnetic lining to secure a full line of professional quality, cruelty-free cosmetics. Plus, all the products from your box come in minimal recycled packaging and are paraben-free, vegan, and Leapin' Bunny certified cruelty-free. There are over 40 pans and products to add to your billion-dollar box, like the number one bestseller, Universal Brow Pencil, Magnetic Brush Trio, and so much more. They sent me my box, and you can place the uh, colors that you like. Just order the ones that you like on this magnetic strip. They don't spill, and you can like arrange them any way you want, and it's super, super cute. I, I, I really love this product. Now, for nearly 20 years, Billion Dollar Beauty has been trusted by salons and beauty professionals around the world, from Japan to Australia. Now, you may have seen them in the clean beauty section of Target, and publications like Vogue, Allure, and Glamour, or on the runways of LA and New York Fashion Weeks. Well, now you can have them in the comfort of your home by joining the refill revolution and building your own billion-dollar box at billiondollarbeauty.com. And you'll also receive 20% off your entire purchase when you enter the code T at checkout. That's billiondollarbeauty.com, code T. We'll be right back with more T when we return. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to TGIF. Let's get right back into the T. Now, according to uh, the New York Post, former bank executive Joe Bruno claims that Wells Fargo allegedly held fake job interviews for minority candidates. They had no intentions of hiring because the jobs were promised to others. Bruno also states that when he complained about the blatant discrimination, he was fired. He claims that his termination came shortly after he told his supervisors that the fake interviews were inappropriate morally wrong and ethically wrong. Al, what are your thoughts on these allegations? What do you think about this? First of all, Wells Fargo and all this drama, you were caught up in one of these, right, Claudia? The the mortgage one? I had the predatory uh, mortgage. The lending, lending. one. All right, they so got me, they, they uh, gave me $300 after they uh, gangsted my $600,000 house. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we know that, that, that Wells Fargo has been a part of very, very shady practices for a very long time. We also know in 2017, they had to settle a class action lawsuit against the African-American bankers for 36 million, which is very similar to the, you know, I was a part of the largest racial discrimination case against Merrill Lynch, a financial institution, uh, the largest in civil rights, the history of civil rights. And we found that they actually exercise these practices all the time in our depositions and also in our discovery. So what they actually do is they, interview people that are not qualified and say that they interviewed an African-American. And then they also interview people that are overqualified for lesser jobs like Teller, so they know for sure that the person will pass on it so that they can note that they interviewed an African-American. This is unacceptable. Wells Fargo needs to sell themselves to a different bank. We know that there's a new African-American bank that's a large bank. I'm wondering if they're, if they are international, not international, if they, if they can service all 50 states yet. But that's what I think they should do, because this type of, of press, this type of history of them taking advantage of the African-American community, African-American employees has to come to an end. So frustrated because I, I've been a Wells Fargo customer like that's that's my primary bank. 
for well over 20 years. I have a good amount of money there and I like them, but these negative stories make it really hard to want to be like, I really want to just go and just withdraw every single penny out of this bank. Uh, Q, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts? Not to mention they got Wendy Williams money all sold up <laughs> and we still mad. You know what? This is the illusion of inclusion. And this is what happens when we have a lack of diversity at the top, at the top, you know, top levels. You know, when it comes to this whole diversity initiative, what I found across these corporate companies is, yeah, they are higher, you know, middle management and entry level. They'll mix it up down there, but they never mix it up at the executive level. They never mix it up real high. And if they were to mix it up real high and put people of color in those spaces up high, you know, they always say a fish rots from the head down. If they put people of color in some of these top level positions and not just pacify us by putting us in teller positions and assistant bank manager positions, then maybe some of this would truly go away and that would truly be diversity. But um, don't be, you know, handing us these little bit of teller positions and then saying, look, we, we diversified. No, you didn't diversify the power. You just diversified the little worker bees down at the bottom. Um, I'm not surprised. You know, Wells Fargo is not the only company that did this. And if y'all honestly think that these people are just going to relinquish power just so willingly, you 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 about as silly as they are. Um, I like some suggestions in the chat. What other what are your preferred banks? Like, who should I bank with? Because I'm going to go I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm sick of it. This is this is too many times we're talking about this same bank. And I know a lot of them are the same. Uh, it may be just a slight improvement somewhere else, but I'm ready to, to move on. So if y'all can recommend some banks in the chat, I will definitely take that into consideration because I'm sick of it. So, Claudia, you know, let me give you something else to be sick of. So, you know, the, the spokeswoman for Wells Fargo spoke out against this. Right. And she said uh, her name is Rachel. Rachel said 77 percent of the bankers, 26,000 hires in 2020 were not white men. So why is everybody getting upset? And I'm thinking, okay, so if they weren't white men, then who were they? And so when they revealed the data of who was hired, that she was right. 77% were not white men. Guess what color they were and what they were? White women. White women. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? A but yeah, we, we, we refuse as a people, we refuse to support black banks. And, you know, we're part of the problem as well, because we keep making these companies trillion, a billion and trillion dollar companies and with no, we're getting nothing in return. So I think we need to you, go ahead and you, you, you know what I'm going to say, you know, because I get that black bank thing all the time. And for me, my issue has never been because of the color of the skin of the bank. For me, it's always been an accessibility issue. OK, mm-hmm. like I travel a lot. I want to be able to know that if I have an issue, I can go. I, you know, when you when you start talking about SunTrust, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and other banks like that, you know, any damn way you go in the country, there's going to be a branch. You know that there's always right, right. going to be online customer service. You know that you'll be able to go into the bank and get a temporary card if you drop your card. And for me personally, that has always been the reason why I've kept the lion's share of my money with one of these larger national banks. Mm-hmm. For me, it's had nothing to do with it being black. Now, when David Banner them had that big push years ago about going and opening an account at black owned banks, I did do that in Atlanta. I did put a couple thousand dollars there and I think it's still sitting there. But I think a lot of times with the smaller banks, it has less to do with black for some people and more to do with accessibility. 
Oh, I, yeah. I, def- I definitely get that. And, and until those banks get enough support from us, they're not going to be able to branch out and be, you know, more of them. So, well, I hopefully, guess- hopefully as technology has changed and we can digitalize, digital ties, d- digital, whatever that Digitize. word is, Digitize. <laughs> you know, that's one thing we're liking about technology, right? Is that it, it's really uh, leveling the playing field in so many different ways. The same way social media is doing it against hate crime against African Americans, this can also help, um, you know, pl- level the playing field with banks as soon as we can start to digital tie, di- whatever Q said, <laughs> our banking needs. So, hey, maybe things are changing. Well, things are changing with crypto. I will say that. I'm a big believer in crypto and I'm, I'm enjoying, the, uh, I've been using it lately and you, you're kind of taking out the middleman. And, and I think that's what banks are fearing. And, and, and that's being a problem. That's a problem for them. No fees like the banks. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more TGIF after this. Hey guys, the soulmates were going in on the banks up there. They're, they're giving a lots of good uh, recommendations here. So I, uh, suggest we all take a look at the comments later on because they're, they're kind of shouting out all their favorite places all right y'all the results are in and according to tmz a paternity test proves that flavor Flav is the father of a three-year-old boy named jordan now Flav reportedly asked for a dna test because he did not believe the child was his but now Flav has worked out child support and a custody agreement spent more time with his child and is teaching him to play the drums this will be Flav's eighth child al what are your thoughts on this one well you know i have nothing negative to say about flavor Flave. anybody that knows him and especially everyone that i know and anybody that knows him knows that flavor Flave is a really cool dude <laughs> he's a, he's a he's a buddy i can consider him a buddy you know we've hung out in vegas a couple of times you can check him out on my instagram he's always been very nice one of the coolest dudes I've ever met in the entertainment business industry for that's been in the game for this long. Um, I just hope that when I'm 63, I, I'm still, you know, getting it in like play with play. <laughs> I guess that's the positive in that. Um, and also, you know, he's been doing this for so long. I mean, he un, at least he doesn't have eight different baby mamas. How about that? How many does he have? I think he has what, like three. <laughs> I know three of his kids are from one woman. Three of his kids are from another woman. He has another woman with another child, if I'm not mistaken. And then this, this new child that's on the way. So like four, maybe four. Uh, Q, what do you think about this? This is the part of the story that got me. Imagine you got pregnant by Flav, right? 63 year old Flav, current day Flav. And he's like, uh-uh, that ain't mine. And you got to sit there and prove to him that he is your baby <laughs> father. I would be so pissed. Key, what do you think about this story? Child, they say if you lie down with dogs, you'll wake up with fleas, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, um... Go, go ahead. Give it to us. Bring it on home, Q. You I know, know you got one in you. Some people would just hunch anything, okay? And... I'm just curious to know, do Flavor Flav even have any money left? You know what I'm saying? After you divide it across all those children. I will say, though, the article says that he, you know, went to court. He put child support in place, yada, 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 yada. So he ha- he must have something in, uh, you know, a, a little piece of something left. But um, you don't get no cool points for hunching no 63-year-old Flavor Flav and having no baby from him, Becky. I'm sorry. The baby's cute, though. I think the kid is very cute. 
And um, hopefully he'll be good at the drums and following his father's footsteps. I, I listen, say what you want about the looks and all that. You know, people always come for him, what he looks like and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he is one. Let, let me tell you, his show was one of the most iconic reality shows of all time. Flavor of Love. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I, he should monetize this. He should monetize this. I think I think I would watch a show with Flav and all his kids and see what kind of dad he is and, and all these women that keep coming up pregnant. He was feature before feature. Like he, you know, he did it first. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cool guy though. He's super cool. Yeah, but you ain't one of his baby mamas. You don't gotta deal with him on that level. That's true. And you ain't gotta let him get on top of you and breathe and kiss y'all in your mouth. Right. And you don't have to call him and say, I'm pregnant, it's yours. What we gonna do? You know, a funny story, I did, me and T.S. Madison did a show in D.C. a few years ago. Tiffany New York Pollard was the guest, and me and her got into it on stage, and I told her, I said, baby, I can't listen to nothing that nobody said who kissed Flavor Flav in the mouth, and she got pissed and walked off the stage. Oh, my God. She really, I think she really loved him. Now, Claudia, Mm -hmm. you worked with her. Yeah, I did. On the next 15, Mm -hmm. I find that woman to be very talented i like her she's funny she's she, very talented people thought that we didn't get along on that show but we actually did like she would wink at me before she would go off and we were just like it was like a mutual kind of like you know we would have fun with it so she knows exactly what she's doing she knows the game and she should always be on television i think she's that's hilarious. true all right y'all allegedly uh um i'm sorry a a t-mobile employee allegedly stole nude photos from a woman's phone after she traded it in 24-year-old Karen Munn claimed she waited as the employee took her phone to a closed back room to find out if she was eligible for the trade-in. But when he came back, she claims she caught a glimpse of his phone. Munn said, I saw his photo app open with like a bunch of my photos on there, and I felt like a part of me was stolen. I wanted to scream, she continued. He gave me a piece of paper with a pen, which he prepared from the back, and said, listen, I need you to write down your passcode on the paper for me so I can unlock it. And uh, plug it into the computer and see if your phone is approved by the company. In her lawsuit against T-Mobile, Munn alleges that T-Mobile was negligent in its hiring, training, and supervising of staff and created an environment that allowed her privacy to be violated. Al, thoughts on this one? (laughs) So, you know, there are hundreds of cases like this, not just T-Mobile, but there's hundreds of cases like this against carriers. Um, And I I personally have always worried about this as well, but I have this rule that I'm not going to ever turn my phone over to anybody without thinking that they possibly could see something, right? Even when I'm on my phone, that's why I have the screen protector, right? And that's why you have to use good filters, in my opinion. Like, I, I just feel like if you let someone take your phone, then you need to be uh, responsible for whatever's on that phone because you gave it to them. You know, I got some nice nudes on my phone. You know, they're quite impressive, if I must say so myself. So if I give somebody my phone, you know, I'm just thinking that they're going to look at them. Don't we look at each other's pictures in our phones? Yeah, but I think it's different. It's almost like going to the doctors and you telling them your business and they go run their mouth to their friends or they take a picture, a screenshot, a picture of your records. You know what I mean? It's like it's a professional. Like I, I get like friends amongst friends. You leave your phone out. We might. okay. oh, I see you. But like we can't even trust the people that we got to turn our phones into that they're going to take one and, and, and have it for their personal use. Q, what do you right. think about this? I think it's creepy as hell. And listen to the verbiage in her lawsuit. It, it sounds like she got a case. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's unfortunate that the company is going to take a hit as a result of some low, lower level employee, you know, doing some crazy foolishness that didn't need to be done. But the way that thing was worded to me, baby, it sounded like she got a case. I agree. I agree. And and that you could be highly stressed. I mean, who knows what he's doing with these photos and how many other people he may have done this yeah. to. But that is a complete in. invasion of privacy. I mean, you know, th that will that will. Yeah, but she willingly gave the she willingly gave the passcode. And this has nothing to do with training and development. Of no, but I think that sorry, a, this I is this case is weak. And I it's, think it's that there is a reasonable baseless. expectation that when I turn my phone into T-Mobile for you to transfer my data, that you will not transfer my pictures onto your phone, Al. That, 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 that's beyond a reasonable expectation. You should not well, have Well, that obviously think. that expectation don't work. <laughs> and, that's why they ass, don't work. and that's why they ass is getting sued because it should. Al, you really think this is baseless and she has no case? Um, I think it's, I mean, she won't be the first. She's got to get in line. There are like 2,500 cases like this this year alone. So, I mean, listen, you can't blame T-Mobile for what an employee did in the violation of their hours on the job, unless it, you know, unless that customer, or I mean, unless that employee did something that was deflammatory. He hasn't leaked the pictures. He hasn't, you know, uh, uh, posted it on a door somewhere where people are seeing her body of any sorts. I mean, this is where the legal lines get very blurry. There's a difference between what's morally right and what's legally acceptable. But there I can't believe you're, I can't believe you're saying this. There, like, has I'm, I'm, be, there has to be some sort of precedent for you stealing my digital property. Right. There well, has maybe, to be because you stole my digital property. Well, stolen means that he had to take it against her will, but she did. He said, write down your passcode. That's so technically the, the, they can argue that she gave him permission by giving the passcode to have access to her phone. That's well, if you, my conversion. That's if, you read, my conversion. Well, if you read the story, if you read the story, she said she saw the pictures of her her pictures in his phone before he came back and asked for the password. So he had already violated before she no, no, gave I, her I, password. I don't think I remember it like that. I think she well, that's gave what I the just passcode. Read. I think we probably have to read that story again. I think she gave the passcode and when he came back, that's when she saw that the pictures were No, he went phone. in the back and came back and said, I need your password to see if you're eligible. I'm just saying this. I had a case against someone for revenge porn, okay? They took pictures of me when I was uh, incapacitated, this guy, who knows what he's going to do with these pictures? You know what I mean? And yeah, you can make an argument that he hasn't done anything yet, but by stealing, he's an employee and it is reasonable to expect to have some level of privacy when you bring your phone in. I, I think that's not a stretch. I'm, I'm Al, just... you must be proud of your news because the rest <laughs> of us is like, uh-uh, this is no, not. No, I no, I just, nothing, I just. I don't want nothing from my phone in your phone. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm right, not bank saying, guys, that you don't have a right to feel that way and that I don't feel the same. I'm just saying from a legal standpoint and from the stance of a large company like that, the, the, the responsibility can't be shifted completely to the company. Some of the responsibility has to go to the individual that committed the act, period. But when you, we all know this. This is like when you work for a company, you are representing that company. That's when you, that you all, almost all cases when you sue a company isn't the administration that's doing it. It's an employee that's being, that's representing the company. So I think it is reasonable to 
you know, it, it's not like, oh, it's the, the individual that did it. it. It's he's part of the company. She so she's suing him for negligence. I think, and I think you're missing. I think you're missing one of the key elements here, Claudia, is that she willingly gave a passcode which allowed access into her device. Because All right. She, she didn't willingly, know no better. She, and his she willingly gave a passcode. I'm not saying I, I don't know why y'all are screaming at me. I'm we're not, only we're not screaming, you, but I think this is I, I'm only wild. sharing with you how other cases with similar situations have been won and what the argument has been. That's all I'm doing. So if y'all don't like it, take it up with the law system, the legal system. Do not do not take it out on me. Well, as <laughs> yeah, someone who is you, you ain't having enough. Well, I, well, I'm going to tell your ass what it is. You ain't having enough sympathy for the girl for my liking. Am I okay? Okay. <laughs> I just think it's crazy to not his victim blaming, making uh, well, it seem like it's some fault. Like nope, don't yeah. do that. I never victim blame. I'm telling you legally what she willingly the gave the password. Could be she the argument. She what was she wearing? Like, listen, cut it out. Y'all not gonna y'all not gonna use me as a punching bag tonight. It's not happening. We're, we're not using as a punching bag, but I think we're, we're it's saying, not happening. Like, let me finish. What we're saying and what most people in the chat is agreeing with that it sounds crazy what you're saying because you have a reasonable expectation. You have to give you a password. Okay, to well, since oh, I sound crazy, Ow. check out Ow. the cases that have Ow. been involved in these I type of situations. They have not, they have okay. not landed well for the individual that brought the case. Just do that. We will keep y'all posted on the case of this employee stealing that lady pictures. <laughs> I don't know how much time we have left, but uh, let's try to squeeze this in. Oh, you know what? We only have 90 seconds left. So we we, we will just get back to that. Um, all right. Well, we will uh, update y'all on that one. And well, Al, uh, willingly give me a clock. Here we go. Y'all got, no, I'm not participated in this any longer. <laughs> I've not participated any longer. Uh, okay. Well, let me read some comments. Um, Al, we have a lot for you. Um, Ed Deshaun says, Al only has sympathy for rich black men. <laughs> oh, damn. Claudia, you and your bias reading of the chat. That's the first one that came up. Trust Come me, I'm skipping. Now, really? I'm, I'm skipping a lot. Okay, Ashley says, Al is right. The law ain't fair. I can't just read things that are complimentary to you. I got to read what the people say. I know, say. I get it. I understand. And, and then Jazz Band <laughs> says she was sexy. And, uh, and Jack Queen says, Al is definitely victim blaming. You know what? We will find out. We'll update you on what happens. I'm actually really curious about this and we'll look into this. All right, y'all. We'll take a, we are going to uh, end on a high note and y'all have a fantastic weekend. I want to thank my co-host Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva for joining me tonight. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Stick around. You don't want to miss the house that is coming up next. Y'all have a great weekend. Y'all going to behave this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to behave. I'm going to get ready to go and get me some crab claws at Joe Stone Crab. Get me a couple of margaritas and if I'm lucky, find me a man. Oh my God. I hope again? you don't get monkey pox. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have a good one. Y'all be safe, man. Y'all be good. Bye. Bye, everybody. Good night, soulmates.